Kevin McCarthy, slow motion disaster just keeps getting worse and worse. This is the Beyond Politics podcast, which is available wherever you get your podcast. Also available on the Blue Amp channel on YouTube. Hopefully, you will check out and subscribe on both of those platforms. I'm Matt Robeson, and I'm very happy, also a little bit sad, to bring on my Blue Amp channel partner, Cliff Schechter. I'm happy because Cliff is a luminary in Democratic politics. He wrote creative ads for Joe Biden that helped get Joe Biden elected in 2020. He's a long-standing Democratic consultant, political analyst, communications specialist. So I'm happy to see you and talk to you, Cliff. We, do, we don't do this as often as we should. I'm a little sad because honestly, like this McCarthy situation in the house it is taking on a, you cannot look away, but it's so cringy. You feel bad about yourself for watching it. Are you having the same reaction? First of all, great to see you. Second of all, it's is that like your reaction? Car crash. Yeah. Yeah. And I even hate to use that metaphor because that's, it, it's such a bummer, but it does have that, oh, you see a toddler face plant and you're like, oh, I'm so sorry. That looks painful. What's happening to Kevin McCarthy right now couldn't happen to a nicer guy, but it is painful. There even gets to be a point where I start feeling like, oh my God, we're humiliating this guy too much. He's just getting beaten. It's like watching like the torture part from the Princess Bride where he's, you know, he's, we've got him down in the den of, was it den of despair or what? The pit I, I don't, of I don't despair. know where to take it. Pit, there you go. Thank you. The pit of despair. Have fun storming the castle. Not up to 50. Um, Actually, two years ago today is when they did storm the castle. So maybe I shouldn't make those jokes. Oh my God, yeah. But in a way, that that maybe that was a good transition. This is the perfect sort of connection to that. They couldn't govern back then. They couldn't control their the worst impulses of their party, they, the worst among them, because even clearly from records that have come out since, certainly as, as awful as Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy and those guys are, they didn't want an assault on the Capitol. They just right. were too cowardly to do anything to stop it afterwards. It's Trump and his people that wanted it. And we're seeing the same thing here. These sort of, yeah, let's just say it, these impotent, flaccid, just weak characters who are now are in control of the Republican Party that, that, that don't control their own caucuses that are that you, on the Republican side, Josh Hawley and people are calling out Mitch McConnell. He's being insulted constantly by Trump. My suspicion is he's going to walk away before he's not running for re-election. But we'll get to that in some other talk. And then there's Kevin McCarthy, who's been desperate to be House leader seemingly since he was born. And he was rejected in 2015 when he tried. And they decided at the time, what was that? They went for Paul Ryan. That lasted for a nice long time. And now they've gotten to the bottom of the barrel with him. But as you pointed out, this is history now. It only took the dude in 1923 nine votes. He's now failed 11 votes. And again, it's got this, I'll finish up by saying this just pathetic quality to it of like, when have you had enough? What is wrong yeah. with you? They're not the, clearly the sweaty desperation people. is not a good look. No, they're not going to vote for you. They, no matter what the, what your concessions you make, it's quite clear that you keep making concessions and they keep rejecting you anyhow, dude. They're not going to vote for you. On the one hand, you've got Kevin McCarthy, and this is beginning to take on a vibe of you ever go to a baseball game and someone has planned out to propose to his sweetheart live, like on the pitcher's mound or something, and she says no. And then he's like, all right, what if I change jobs? What if I move? What if I sell our dog? And she says, no, man. And then no. it starts pouring and lightning I don't want strikes to around anymore, them. Dude. Yeah, like, it has that. But on the other end, I've got another movie analogy for you. It's got a real big Lebowski energy, what's going on with these 20 recalcitrant members. It's like, they're nihilists, Donnie. Don't worry about them. They're just nihilists. Yeah, <laughs> we want the but, money, Lebowski. They're saying we want the money, Lebowski? 
but they don't actually know what they want. So here's what's on the table. This is what I really wanted to get to. And hey, can I just one add one more sure, aspect go. to this, which is the destructive negative feedback loop of the right, which has been really largely responsible for the destruction of any sanity in the Republican Party and brought the performers to the forefront as opposed to the people that actually believe in legislating whatever they're beliefs are. It's now been turned on them. And there's a certain glee in seeing that about the same time, just shaking your head, like seeing Lauren Boebert go on with Sean Hannity and use the very tactics against Hannity that he's used against people like you and me, right. when we try to argue for sanity. I have to admit, it's there's a nice quality to seeing that and seeing these guys suffer. And it happened in a few other areas of conservative media where some of the ones who've now they created this monster and they have absolutely zero idea how to control it. Right. There is a satisfaction in that. But look, just going back to my last show with Alicia Preston, a friend of mine, a conservative Republican who I do this panel show with, believe me, no one is angrier, more frustrated, more just crestfallen about what's going on than actual conservatives who are like, what? What happened to my party? All right, look, this is what yeah. I want to unpack with you today. This is what's on the table. Now we're recording this around noon, Friday the 6th. Who knows? All of this may change in the next few hours. So we're going to get this show out as soon as possible. But what's apparently on the table right now, Kevin McCarthy has offered a set of concessions to this group of, let's just call them the Freedom Caucus for lack of a better short. Yeah, let's not fall into what the media falls into when they're referring to moderates and conservatives. That's it's not the, what's happening are, here. There are, cra there are some extremely crazy people who are voting in favor of McCarthy, Marjorie Taylor Greene, who's helped try to help whip votes for him, maybe literally in her case. And then there's the folks who, who are voting against him who are crazy. They are, they're of the same. Piece. We could label them anything we want. We could call them pirate ninjas. Let's call them nihilists, just for the purposes of this no, show. No, let's call them pirate ninjas. Pirate okay, ninjas. Nihilist, nihilist is fine. I'll just say this one Nihilist thing, which pirate is, ninjas, which I also hereby trademark as my next band name. You okay. should. I also, let me say this. There's legitimately, and then we get to it, which if people want to break it down, there's legitimately maybe six or eight actual moderate or center conservatives in the Republican Party in the House. Another sort of 15 to 20 traditional conservatives who are conservative but want are willing to make deals and everybody else is nuts is pretty much where we are no matter what side of this they're on and I think that's the most honest analysis. Fair of enough. The situation. All right, but the 20 that are anti-McCarthy that have been voting yeah. against him on ballot after ballot, the pirate ninjas, the nihilists, whatever we want to stick with. Here's the offer that's on the table to them. First of all, there will be a vote on term limits for members, a constitutional amendment to term limit members of the House of Representatives. More seats for Freedom Caucus members on the House Rules Committee. Just 30 seconds on what that means. In the House, every bill has to have its own rule to it. So believe it or not, if you watch C-SPAN, which you should not, if you watch C-SPAN, you, you will honest. see every bill, it seems like it comes up twice. Because first, you pass a rule for how the bill will be voted on and talked about and how many amendments are allowed, and what you're able to do, and what you're not able to do, then you get to the bill itself. The Rules Committee is incredibly powerful. It sets the terms of how it's going gonna, it's gonna to go through. Just trust me, it's incredibly powerful. And then the big one, which is allowing a single member to vote on the motion to vacate, which means any single member can bring up this motion, and then there's a whole housewide vote of no confidence on the speaker, and that means that there's this threat that if he lands the gavel, it's never safe. It could get yanked away from it at any point. So first of all, look, I, let's talk about McCarthy's end of this first. 
I'm not sure I understand the strategy here. Maybe you do. It seems like what he's trying to do inside like his huddle is if I offer these concessions, it will get me closer. I'm not going to get all the way there across the 20 pirate ninjas, but if I can peel off a dozen of them, then the remaining ones will feel pressure on them. Creates momentum and all of that. Enough to make them cave in. The problem is that he's really negotiating from a position of weakness because right now he's violating the fundamental principle of negotiations and standoffs, which is there's more to be gained by being his enemy than his ally. You get more by being one of the pirate ninjas than you do by being one of his lieutenants. Am I misreading this? No, again, like I'm not going to claim to be a master of 47 dimensional, but I'm all, I've looked at this from as many angles as I can. And at some point, as we all know, there's a reason you say don't negotiate with terrorists, which by the way, that's the exact term that in his memoir, John Boehner used to describe Jim Jordan. He called him a legislative terrorist. So the same one that the pirate ninjas have put forward as their alternative. Exactly. The problem, the issue here is that the, you know, how he can think there's a path. There's a few things I don't get here holding vote after vote when you haven't been given guarantees that they will vote for you when you make these concessions then just makes you look weak. You've conceded for a whole bunch of stuff for nothing. And you're in a weaker position with each vote. Second of all, they have nothing to lose by doing this because they don't care about governing. They only care about how bad they look on Fox News and to their constituents. So truth is, and I'll admit this, like, of course, I would love for this outcome from as a Democrat, but the truth of the matter is that even from his perspective, I honestly believe that, and he's threatened to do this, I think, or some of his people have, the only move he has left is the nuclear option, which is go to election by plurality. And if he does that, then he gives him a simple choice. You either allow Hakeem Jeffries, and if these, these guys, if Boebert, it's all fun and games for the far right until they allow Hakeem Jeffries, a black Democrat, I'm saying that in the eyes of right-wing racist nuts, to become the Speaker of the House over one of them. Can I suggest an intermediate strategy? Sure. I, I don't think you have to go full nuclear. I, I think what you do in this situation, I'm about to sound like a total jerk. Can we turn on the Matt sounds like a total jerk cam for a second? It's I've like always the TikTok thought you sound cam. like a total jerk. So oh, there I'm you kidding. go. Fantastic. All right. I joke. Um, go ahead. So- I have actually, oh boy, I'm, an, I'm about to sound so bad. I can't believe these words are coming out of my mouth. So I've actually taken the Harvard Business School negotiations course when I was in grad school. And nerd. And I'm kidding. Go ahead. One of the things you try to do if you have a coalition against you, if you have a cartel against you, is you try and break them. And the way you do that is you to give try- a drone their settings. And I'm oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, you try to put them in the prisoner's dilemma, meaning you have to give people an incentive to jump. And so you yeah. have be, it's like Monty Hall, let's make a deal. Behind curtain number one, if you jump, if you break with a group and come over to my side, I reward you. If you don't, and you're the one left holding the bag, and you're one of those final five who's voting against me, then you get nothing. You get Marjorie Taylor Greened, you get you're off all committees. You will never get another dime. You've got to make it door A and door B. Yes. Right now, again, there's- All the there's... carrots in the world over here, all the sticks in the world over there.
Yeah. All he's doing is lying down, bending over and kissing the boots and offering all these concessions to the people who are against him. So again, yeah. it's like the people who are behaving badly win and are getting incentivized. Why give it? But again, this has been the Republican strategy for 30 years now, right? And increasingly worse and worse. Behave badly, refuse to concede an election and get more and have people give you fundraising and, and support you because of it. Steal a Supreme Court seat and you get the power and you don't have the negatives because this is what the Republican Party has learned is that you cheat, lie and steal and it works out in your favor. They have to unlearn that. And that's the beauty of all of this is that eventually any student of history, I bring this up again and again, one week Robespierre is the guy calling for the guillotines and one week it's the Jacobins and the next week they're getting more radical as it's going on. And next week it's your head that's underneath the guillotine. And so th that while there's no lack of incentive for folks to go over there, they're going to keep going over there because as has been reported right now, and you could have guessed this, Bobert and what's his face, Gates, they're raising money off of this from the far, like they're benefiting from this. They're getting appearances on Fox News, even if Sean Hannity's getting all huffy with Lauren Bobert, she's still getting to go on Fox News. Are any of the people that voted for McCarthy getting to go on there? Scott Perry's getting to go on there. All the incentives are in their favor. This is the incentive structure the Republican Party has created over the last 20 or 30 years. This is why they're led by Instagram influencers and, and reality TV hosts and talk radio people. And because the, if you can perform well, they love you. So right. the only way you break that up, if you're McCarthy, I would say, first of all, you do what you said. I don't think it'll work, but I think it's a good intermediate strategy. I think they'll all stick together. I know what you're saying about prisoner's dilemma, but I think they're all in burn it down enough mode. They don't care about all that stuff because even if they lose their committees and their whatever, they'll still get to go on Fox News. They'll still get to go, or at least if Fox rejects them, they'll have Newsmax. And they'll have the far right gravy train going to like white nationalist conferences and places raising money off of swag and all that. So the, to me, the only disincentive you can provide to them is by making them responsible for electing a Democratic speaker. And it, if it doesn't work, if it doesn't work, at least because make no mistake, this is destroying Kevin McCarthy's rep in Republican circles. This is oh, it's done. this it's, is a done yeah. deal. For him, at least if you go the prisoner's dilemma, if you show a little spine, if you show a little moxie, then you have a little, dare I say, BDE, at least you preserve you a little, a bit of your dignity here. And it's okay. I went down swinging. I'm like Sonny Liston. I went down swinging and it didn't work, but at least I went aggressive and okay. I came up short. Fine. But like right now, because the other thing that's going on that's really killing him inside his own caucus is shed a tear for a moment for poor Dan Crenshaw. Now, listeners and viewers may remember him. I will not, but the, I understand what you're saying. The, they may remember him from the episode on Saturday Night Live. He is the former, he's a veteran. He has an eye patch. He's a representative from Texas. He lost his eye in the line of duty in, in, in the course of his service. And Pete Davidson made fun of him. And then there was actually a nice moment where they got together. Davidson apologized. So you may recognize him from that. Crenshaw is a McCarthy ally. And there is talk right now that one of these concessions of giving Freedom Caucus members plum committee spots and even the gavel, even the chairmanship of certain committees means that someone is going to climb over the back of Dan Crenshaw. He's the one who's getting busted in this scenario. So if you are a friend of Kevin McCarthy, you just have to be holding your head like I am now and asking yourself, 
why am I friends with this guy if his first move is to use me like a human shield, like that, like Martin Sheen used that kid at the end of the dead zone? Like, why, why am I still with this guy if he's willing to chuck me overboard to help our enemies? It's but just got to be baffling. I wrote a piece for the Daily Beast on him and how I thought he was the most. He pretended to be above it all, and yet he was the most performative of all of them. When he ran for election, re-election, he made that ridiculous video, like Mission Impossible, with all the text, computer text on the screen of how he was parachuting out of planes to go help these other right-wingers win over the liberals. Like, he, he jumped into that whole culture head first. So if you are going to disrespect our established institutions, and you're going to sit there and play performative guy who and pre pretend populist of, oh, those, they're just liberals, you know, the generals, those really liberal generals. And you're going to do all that stuff. You've helped create this atmosphere. And so reap what you- Definitely a symptom of the overall ecosystem that they're in. All right, look, just two more things on the McCarthy situation back on that. It, it seems to me like on the one hand, what, what the freedom, what the pirate ninjas are offering in the form of these concessions is a poisoned apple. And one of the implications of where we are in these negotiations now is, if anyone read the Michael Lewis book, The Fifth Risk, about why Donald Trump was so dangerous. And it wasn't all of the headline grabbing stuff. It was that he put total nihilist incompetence in key positions in government where they had yeah. major responsibilities for the health and safety of Americans, and they couldn't have cared less. That's essentially the position that McCarthy is considering putting the pirate ninjas in and right. we're handing over the keys to a the government of a job brownie basically everywhere everywhere right you are setting up a situation where these people are going to potentially be in really important powerful positions that have a lot to do with whether our government can operate, whether our government will shut down, whether we lose the full faith and credit of the United States and we can increase yeah. the debt limit, they will have direct say over that. And once they're in those positions, there is nothing that we can do about it. And that's, so that's well, the problem. And, and there's nothing he can do about it. The, the key thing you said there is there's a lot wrong with the concessions he made, but the most ludicrous one is the one member being able to, you just, you can't leave in an atmosphere where one member can stand up and call for no confidence and get a no confidence vote. How does he go into an office over whether it's a debt ceiling or a military or a defense bill, or you just pick whatever you want and have a legitimate negotiation if any little one thing, because anytime you negotiate with the other side on these big complicated bills, you're going to piss off a few members in your caucus. And Great. now any single Great one point. of them among this caucus of performative clowns who wants to be on Fox that night or Newsmax or I don't know, one T or whatever that, what crappy one is, does that one still exist? It got kicked off of all the- OANN is what you're There you go. Of. It's hard to know there's so many lunatic fringe, but if you want to perform for them, go on Charlie Kirk's gum filled podcast and you know, all of that, the way to do that is, is to pull this kind of stuff. So the truth of the matter is that he has control over nobody and nothing, which means he's not a leader and can't lead in any realistic sense. But he's also not a credible negotiating partner. So that's a killer point because what frequently happens when you have to fund the government, yeah. when you have to deal with the debt ceiling, when you have to deal with the defense bill is you get the big four, you get the majority leader and the yeah. minority leader in the Senate together with the Speaker of House and the minority leader in the U.S. House, yep. and they get together and they hammer something out. McCarthy. So now you're not, not speaking to, to McCarthy. You're speaking to the 200 plus other members of his caucus, any one of whom can undercut any deal he makes. It's like sending 
FDR to Yalta on being like any member of Congress or any member of his cabinet could just stand up and say no. And then he's negotiated all of this stuff and has to come back and stand up and be voted on as to whether he can still be president. Like it's ludicrous and it, it, it can't be done. There can't well, be- here, And here's why I think it's even worse. Here's why I think it's even worse. It's not just the poison apple metaphor. It's the give a mouse a cookie problem. Because now this hardline nihilist pirate ninja group has a taste for blood, right? It's like the Lost Boys. You never invite a vampire into your house. It renders you powerless. And these guys have essentially gotten this list of concessions. Especially the head vampire. Especially, well, you have to kill the head vampire. Everyone knows that. That was a great documentary, by the way. You try to kill, like you think you've killed Kiefer Sutherland and you're all set. And then, you know... Boom. Nope. It's no, the old you, guy with the glasses. Spoiler alert. Retroactive spoiler If you alert. haven't seen the movie yet, I'm sorry, that's on you. The movie's been around for 35 years and it's awesome. So I'm taking no guilt there. It's not like I just right, spoiled fair enough, Maverick fair enough. or something for people. So the problem is that now this group has gotten this list of we could get all this stuff. We could get these committee positions. We could get this power. We could get the motion to vacate. So now if they start to say to themselves, huh, we could go with Steve Scalise or some other kind of compromise figure alternative to McCarthy. They may start to think to themselves, well, what's Scalise going to give us? They may actually be now incentivized to but do they, the deal. But a number McCarthy. of them have also said they will not accept anybody in leadership, which is insane. I thought the fact that in the past he was good pals with David Duke would really set up his credentials for them as, right. as exactly the type of guy they'd love. But apparently he and David haven't traded notes, love notes in too long. It's been like 15 or 20 years. That makes you a moderate in today's Republican Party. In all seriousness, here's the thing. You brought up a really good sort of example that I hadn't thought of when you're talking prisoner's dilemma and saying the last couple people, the last few of you who stop walking when the music stops, won't have a chair and you're gonna end, you know, you're gonna end up getting nothing. I would try that first. My belief is there's enough people there that, that are not disincentivized by that because they care more about media. And the only way, at least that I can see they lose that media is if they're responsible for Hakeem Jeffries becoming speaker. And that's why I will fully admit, because I'm not going to pretend, I'm not going to say, like, I'm saying that strictly from the Republican angle. I would love it, obviously, because I think we'd end up with Hakeem Jeffries as speaker, which is what I want. I also think it is literally the only path forward for Kevin McCarthy. The only it's a go, it's a, issue the nuclear threat. Correct. I think they should yeah. try your thing first and maybe he'll get lucky. I don't think he will. I don't think he'll win enough folks over. I think they'll stick together, but I think it's worth a try if you're him and maybe there's a 25% chance it works. And if, I think, that I think work, he's there. You either step down yeah. or you say, now it's a plurality and now you guys are going to be known as the people that elected Hakeem Jeffries. Good luck on the right wing gravy train. Good luck on Fox News and OAN with that because that's how forever how you will be pegged. But that's, that's also all got left. That, that's also back to your point about how destroyed he is in terms of his brand with his colleagues and all of these people who have to be questioning what the value of an allyship with Kevin McCarthy really is. Because ultimately, it is a nuclear option, not just for them, but for him as well. Him being the one to enable that to happen would be such an epic historical failure in the party. He would be politically done. And so... At this point, I guess the question really becomes... He loses it, he would be, but... Yeah. I was just going to say, if he loses it, you're right. Yeah. But I don't think he has any other options left. But at this point... Or, at this or point, step down and so stop cooked. taking these ridiculous votes. 
Yeah, no, he may just. I think well, you're right. He may be so cooked. Can it get worse for him? If he does the nuclear option, it Go gets ahead, a little sorry. worse. If he does the nuclear option, it gets a little worse. Even threatening that of making common cause, talk about being a rhino. Like the idea of making common cause with Hakeem Jeffries would be so toxic to him. It would be a little worse. I guess the big question at this point is how much worse is it for him, really? Or has he so degraded his position in the Republican Party through this? kind of quixotic effort that he's been engaged in over the last 72 hours that he almost has nothing left to lose. I don't think he's saying I'm making common cause with Democrats by doing that. I think he's because he's not saying I'm going to vote for them. He's not saying my allies are going to vote for them. He's saying it's on you. You have a Republican option and there's a Democratic option. You vote for the Republican option or you are choosing to install Hakeem Jeffries. And they all try to blame him anyhow, but they're all blaming him anyhow now after however many failed votes. I don't know. I think that's the point to wrap up on. I do, because I think the situation has gotten so bad. The question that will drive the next few days, the future of this is, have things gotten so bad for McCarthy that there's really no downside to going nuclear? Because as much as he tried to spin it, Making that threat would be extraordinarily toxic in Republican circles. But he may have reached that point. And I just, I don't know the answer to that. All right. The question look, is, we got is, is he done already? And that's what we'll yeah. have to see. But I think he may, I guess we'll see. Yeah. All right. Look, on that note, Cliff Schechter, noted Democratic strategist. People can find all your stuff on the Blue Amp channel, on YouTube. Hope you'll subscribe there. And of course, to be on politics. We'll see you next time. Thank you for having me.